final furlong podcast is brought to you in association with attheraces.com, the ultimate resource for racing fans. Welcome back to the show. I'm Amish Kennedy, joined in studio by At The Races pundit, Mr. Kevin Blake. Hello. Producer D is here as well. Hey, guys. It is a glorious day in Ireland. I'm sure it is a glorious day over in the UK as well, particularly for this man who the sun was shining on on Saturday after a superb performance from his stable star, Ripchester, Richard Fahey. Welcome along to the show. Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, whatever. <laughs> Depends. In the podcast world, it could be anything. This could be the breakfast show. And it will be for many of our listeners. I'm sure that breakfast was fairly hairy for you on Sunday morning. Were there big celebrations? Uh, to be honest, uh, look, it uh, sounds boring, but we don't have time anymore. We're quite busy. So, uh, no, we got back We got back about nine o'clock and straight to bed. How many horses in the yard, Richard? Well, I always say over 100. How many is, 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 is up to question, but... Over a hundred we have. Yeah. So it's it's a huge responsibility then, and even though in the back of our minds you'd be thinking, right, the champagne's going to be popped and you'll celebrate this, you do have so many other horses to focus on that you can't quite go nuts. But the temptation must have been there because this was a, a brilliant performance on Saturday, and you don't underestimate that at all. And, and the thing is that I'm sure that for a lot of trainers and jockeys there are probably four rules. Make the plan, execute the plan, expect the plan to go off the rails, throw away the plan and that's exactly what happened with Toscanini who you've had since December and he decided he didn't want to play ball but thankfully for William Buick it wasn't a problem No look it's uh, Toscanini's only there to make sure they go a gallop well, well to be fair Ripchester went his own gallop so it was fine you know uh, no no issue, you know. He was a star for you last year, um, ran a great race in the Guineas, and then you had the Jersey Stakes, and uh, and he kicked on from there. How good do you think he could be? Hey, look, he's a, he's a horse we've always held in high regard. Now, he's always felt he'd get better as he got older. Uh, he's quite immature mentally and physically, and, you know, we're just getting a, getting a feeling of the finished article now, you know. Uh, you know, he galloped right to the line, he went a good even gallop, and... Uh, finished off well so it looked for me it was a good solid performance you know there might have been that suspicion from some that maybe a mile the petrol gauge might start to empty as he gets to that eighth furlong but there's none of that and when you're interviewed by Ed on ITV he was asking about the possibility of taking on minding I don't know if they're going to go down the mile route with her but you sounded quite confident about a rematch with her Ah, look, we, we, we feel we're better she, she, she could be better uh, I mean she beat us at Ascot Fair and Square um, you know, just just our horse rest a bit keen that day, but look, we're 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 definitely better horse this time. Uh, well, the handicapper says that now we're 125 now, so uh, even he thinks we're better. So I'm not saying that that we'd beat her again, but you know, I just feel feel there was a little bit of unfinished business that day, you know. But uh, look, I don't know if we'll get the opportunity, but it 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 would be something to look forward to for me, you know. And tactically, Richard, my my own view going into the race on Saturday was that he, he that we may not have had seen the very best of him at, at this stage, and that if Toscanini or whoever else went a real good gallop in front of him, and he could he could get good cover and settle in behind a good pace, that he could show even more. Obviously, he set lovely in front the last day. You know, front running can be a difficult thing in, in these high profile Group Ones because there often is pacemakers from other teams involved. Um, so going forward to to Ascot next, I assume. There, there will obviously, I, I'd imagine, be pacemakers in there against them. Would you, would you have any? Would would you look forward to seeing him sitting behind the real strong pace? Ah, uh, look, it was a long way up uh, uh, Newbury the other day. There was a headwind as well now, and it was testing all ground now. You know, so it sort of adds to, to the performance for me. You know, what he, what he did was was quite tough. He did it the hard way now. You know, 
um, I would have been comfortable sat sat on, sat on the girt or something, and and probably probably would have been uh, more comfortable for the horse. So so you do feel that you know if 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 he did take a lead, you could see more. You know, as the trainer, when you're sitting back watching that performance, you've done all the hard work and you have your horse ready, but now it's in the hands of the jockey and with the way the races unfold, with the fact that it started the way it did and that. William had to go for it early on. W- were you concerned by that at all? Uh, no, no, not really. Because look, he he got a soft enough lead there. But as I said, there there was, there was quite a, quite a strong headwind at Newbury, and and the ground was you know just on the easy side there, and it was quite quite testing there. So I was more worried about that there. But look, once he got to the two poles, still travelling, I thought, well, it'll take it. It'll take a machine to pick up and pass us, you know. And luckily, luckily, it didn't happen, you know. So uh, no, I was I was comfortable with it all on the day. I was, Especially when we got to the two pole, they're still on the right. I thought, well, this is this this is this is good because we 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 won't stop, you know. And when he came off a straight line late on, Richard, were you just would you, what would you put that 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 down to loneliness, getting tired, or? or? <laughs> Look, I, it's as, as I said earlier, it was a long way, a straight straight miles, a long way for for any horse, you know. Um, but especially when you're making the running and in testing ground, so. It, it wouldn't. It wouldn't. He was just lonely. He wanted to pop in and have a look at the crowd, see who was there. So uh, <laughs> it's nothing. Nothing I'd be worried about. You know, looking not, for the champagne taste. Well, <laughs> probably. But look, it's nothing I'd be worried about. No, but uh, I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable with the horse, you know, and I, I don't think there's any issues in that department. You know? Royal Ascot winner last year. You're heading back to Royal Ascot again. All being well this year for the Queen Anne. He's now a short price favourite already and probably will be even shorter after the news that Solo is going to be retired how excited are you about the big day next hey this is this is what we do you know when we when we train this is, these are the horses we want hey I don't mind training a, an after 60 winner and all this but it's days like this to get get, get get the heart racing and you know I mean I don't, I don't normally get very nervous but I was quite nervous on Saturday which is which is very unlike me but suppose if, if I didn't get uh, Nervous about something. You just, you just, you know. When I say nervous, you just want, you know, you're happy with your horse, but you want him to perform, you know. Mm. Uh, and luckily, he did. No, you know, luckily he did. What's the atmosphere like in the yard the day after a big Group One win like the Lockies? Like you, you tweeted that photo saying, "Nice to wake up to this picture of the the trophy." What's the atmosphere like for the stable staff and yourself? Ah, look, the, it's it's a great team we have here, and and, and look, as, as a trainer, we, we 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 get all the credit. But to be honest, if if the work was left to most trainers, I don't think there'd be too much done, you know. <laughs> uh, we 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 sort of push the buttons and tell people what to do, you know. Uh, be it, it's our responsibility to make the entries and buy the horses, but the lads do all the work. And you know, as I say, you know, from from John Murphy who rides them out, and Tony rides them most of the work, Tony Hamilton to to the lad leading them up. I mean, everybody was chuffed. Which, you know, if 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 they didn't get a buzz out of that, well, you know, we we, we all did, and uh, you know, every, everybody was happy. And well, to be honest, this week's been a good week. You know, mm. you can tell something. So, well, in 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 my world, something special happened, and it happened for them and me. You know. And the ownership structure with Godolphin changed a couple of years ago when they decided to not just have all of the horses go to Saeed Bin Saroor and to Charlie Appleby, that they would incorporate other trainers like Jim Bulger, Andre Fabra and yourself. What's it like to have Sheikh Mohammed's backing? <laughs> to be honest, it's, 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 it's very easy. You know, they, they, they make the job easy. It's, it's not... Uh, Nobody's telling you what to do. They're very comfortable with, with the trainer that, that they've got and they're more or less... You, 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 you sort of everything is discussed. Don't get me wrong, but you know, just because they need to plan for for Sheikh Mohammed, but um, they, they just leave it to us, you know. 
And Richard, I know you never like to. No one ever likes to look too far ahead in this game, and uh, the nature of it. But given that the horse has been to Dubai already and, and run very well out there, with things going wrong, you know, all things being well, is this a horse you could see maybe going for something like a Breeders' Cup mile or maybe to Hong Kong or someplace like that? Because he must be one of the best milers in the world at the moment. Yeah, look, he, he he's an exciting horse. Um, you know, I, I, I sort of take every day as it comes. But the beauty with Ribchurst at the minute, he, he, he's thriving. You know, he's starting to look well and he's taking his racing well. And, you know, it just gives us, it sounds silly there, he, he ran in four or five group ones last year and I was minding him. So, uh, you know, he, he, he could have a busy year this year if he takes it, you know. Did you always know he'd be a better horse at four? I you always felt he'd get stronger. He, you know, he lacked a bit of a top line and, you know, mentally he wasn't there, but... You know, he he wintered very well over the winter, and I I, I well, look, I've sort of been quoted as saying he'd be a better four-year-old. Um, but it looks like it's everything everything I've sort of felt about him is is, is coming to fruition. And the route for him this year, as Kevin said, it can be dangerous to look too far ahead. But Queen Anne, Sussex Stakes, QE2, is it, does it kind of map itself? It does. This is where where we went to to Dubai. You know, in in my mind. I, I, I would love him to stay a bit further. Uh, I'm not saying that we've drawn a line through that, but it, you know, if 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 you can get a mile and a quarter, you know, you you sort of can open up a, a Judmont and you can open up a, a Champion Stakes, you know, both England and and Ireland, you know. So, but if if we stick at a mile, it's 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 handpicked. I mean, the race he won in France, uh, the Deauville, the Group One there. Mm. I mean, that's only and that's only eleven days after after the Sussex. So you. You nearly, nearly have to draw a line through that race, so that takes one out of the equation, you know. Um, so, look, I'd love him to get further, um, and we'll, we'll see. We'll see how the season goes, to whether we do it or not. But at well, the moment, I don't want to change too much. Guy, I think he'd win a foray over seventh, Richard. I think he's got loads of pace. He, 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 he probably could win. A, he, he'd definitely win a group sprint. You know, he's, he's quite quick. You know. Mm. We spent we spent two years taking the speed out of him. If that makes sense, when I take say that, I don't mean taking the speed out of him, getting him to relax. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. I uh, I uh, I've always said he's a quick horse now, but he 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 would be quick enough to win over six, you know, which is which is always good to have in the armour. But we don't need it, you know, we don't need it. And as I say, I'm I'm not training him as a sprinter. I'm training him to to, to relax. Oh, you sound like Aidan O'Brien now, Richard. So much speed. <laughs> <laughs> well, well I, I, I wish I wish I had his ammunition to think about it. The beauty is, uh, well, I've only got one star. I think Aidan's got about twenty-seven and thirty. <laughs> you know, but uh, look, I'm enjoying this. Don't get me wrong, I'm I'm, I'm enjoying training now. I'm, I'm very lucky and very privileged. If you'd like to go on the record now as saying you think he has the pace to win a July Cup, now is the time. <laughs> All right, he, he probably could. <laughs> he, he probably could, but uh, I, I ain't going to find out at home anymore. Now we're we're, we're we're keeping him, we're keeping him relaxed. So, uh, but uh, maybe before he retires, I might just give him a buzz and just see how fast he can go because he's quick. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's no question, Richard, that he is the stable star. But there is one other horse that is incredibly important to talk about. Another star in the yard who's clearly going to have another big day. He's If Don Poley is the national hunt horse for the Final Furlong podcast, then this is our flat horse. Bred by our very own Kevin Blake, George <laughs> Bowen. Yeah, George is, George is hit, hit, hit a, a lean patch at the moment and we, we don't really know where, where, where it's going wrong now because he's been working extremely well at home and he's just completely lost his way. But sprinters can do this, I'm afraid. And, 
you know, all of a sudden they, they get their confidence back and take off. And he's just become a professional loser at the moment. Ooh. I'll blame the breeder. I'll blame the breeder. <laughs> well, clearly, <laughs> clearly. But uh, I would love him. I would love him to get his get his old head back in front. And you never know where where he could. Because at home, at home, we 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 do like him. He's probably nearly favourite every time he runs or, or well back. But he's been extremely disappointing last seven or eight runs. So. Uh, but as I say, these sprinters can bounce back, and if he ever does get his get his get his forward foot going, he, he could he could do well, you know. But uh, we need to get him going forward again. Thank God, it seems like a long time ago since that great day at the Curragh, Richard. Ah, it was. I mean, I think I think you you probably had a word with him there and told him to take it easy there. Yes, the gallops in. Yes, the gallops in. Yeah, he's, uh, he's been a fraction disappointing you know? how frustrating you know? is it when you've got a horse who's working so well in the morning and you know he's talented but when he gets to the track just for some reason he's not doing it yeah look the horses horses I'm sure do know when they win and you know and, uh, it sounds silly there I, I've been quoted about it before the winner generally has the easy race you know mm. uh, it's the second and third that are all out so uh, you know, sometimes they can just get their head in front and take off again. But look at the minute, we're, we're very comfortable with the horse and he's very healthy and there's nothing wrong with him. But he, as I say, he's just become a professional loser. But they, they, they get themselves down to, to a certain level where they have to win and then hopefully they, they go back up again, you know. Well, having, I'd, I'd love to get inside their head and find out why they do it, but they do, I'm afraid. It's not just poor George, there's hundreds of horses every year do it and then all of a sudden the season later they take off again. Well, the final Furlan podcast horse psychologist is available to head up to the yard if needed. Um, uh, f- final question for you: Is there another amongst the bunch of two-year-olds that you have? Is there something that's been sparkling on the gallops that you think could follow in Ripchester's footsteps? I think I think there are big pair of shoes to fill, but uh, no, there's some nice two-year-olds this time. Uh, plenty, plenty to run that we like. Um, but to say they'd be as good as him would be uh, would be a brave shout, but. I'll dream, dream. Hopefully tonight, and one will come through. But because uh, I'm not sure how long more he'll race for him, we'll, we, we, it'd be a big pair of shoes to fill. But you know, we'll, we'll be trying anyway. Is there anything for the at the races tracker we can put in, Richard, to to look out for in the next coming weeks? Lots. <laughs> <laughs> Is there a specific name we can put in the tracker? I, I'd find my owners might get upset if I put something <laughs> in. So. But there is loads. There is loads. And there's no point in giving us George Bowen. He's already in everybody's tracker. This oh, stage. God. Yeah, well, let's, let's put George in again. Put yeah. George Bowen too in, you know. Do you know what's going to happen now? George is going to get sent off favourite again on the back of this interview. Uh, and ho- anyway. Hopefully that'll be the day. I think everybody's skinned yeah. from George Bowen this stage. We'll get it back. We'll get it. Keep yeah. the faith. You get it, get it in one hit. Anyway, <laughs> exactly, we'll get the bigger price and we'll get it done. Richard, absolute, absolute pleasure to talk to you, Richard. Huge congratulations with uh, Ripchester over the weekend. He is an absolute star and hugely exciting for the season going ahead. Hopefully we'll see you at Royal Ascot and all the best. Thanks for talking to us on the show. Cheers, lads. Thanks. Behave, behave, behave yourself. Grow up! Oh, well, it's going to be a pleasant evening for the booby when he gets back home this evening. She'll be cowering in the corner already, I should think. You'll be right later, back <laughs> the old champagne fridge opens. <laughs> yourself you fool all the mud blame and you know it now when the real the hold you down you're supposed to drown Bam. well that's why you don't know anything about racing john i, I don't say i do right i'm saying that what what have you contributed to racing you're one of these checkout merchants <laughs> Baby yourself you fool leave a pre-
pretty girl, sad reputation. Start a fight club, Brad reputation. To keep your name, John, you're always up and up things, right? You are, you're a farce, and so is he. He knows nothing about race. This man was a brave man. He was a non-achiever and knows nothing. Bitch. The worst thing is I, just, I had to stick up for Luke as a rider. That, that is ridiculous. Save yourself, you fool! Speaking of fools, Kevin was on the Sunday Forum <laughs> with Big Mac only a few weeks ago. A couple of weeks ago, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. Oh, it was, oh, it was interesting. You yeah. keep you on your toes. <laughs> yeah. He, he, <laughs> producer D's giggle to that comment says it all. Uh, there was a photograph put up on the old tweet machine of you and, uh, and Big Mac and, and the crew, but... You had to sit down because you were still on your crutches. Yeah, he just abused me the whole way through the thing, basically. He's like, you're an idiot! What are you doing running? <laughs> He's right! Breaking down your joints! He's Why don't you swim? Swim! And like, big, Mac, big Mac, I might drown! Swim, you boy! <laughs> <laughs> clearly, um, clearly never seen me swimming. Glorified doggy paddle. So it should be noted that uh, Kevin Blake was told he would be, have to be on crutches for six weeks. Kevin Blake walked into the studio today on I'm no crutches. Happy out. And walked into the studio last week on no crutches because he's just that tough. Did a 10k walk today. Oh, you're D. an idiot. You're just an idiot. <laughs> uh, somebody who's not an idiot and joins us on the line live from Cheltenham, Roy Delargy. Welcome back to the show. Good evening. Thanks for having me. Uh, good to be having you back, sir. And there's so much to talk about. Um, first of all, we've just spoken to Richard, but let's review the race um, from the two boys' perspective and producer D if she wants to contribute as well. Uh, this, I thought, was fantastic. It was a brilliant race to watch. The market moves beforehand were quite fascinating because you had, nobody could give away Galileo Gold. It was pretty obvious that uh, nobody fancied him. There was a huge move for somehow who wasn't able for it. And we've seen it before at Newbury where horses get on the front end and it seems to benefit them. Was that the case in, in this instance? Or was it just that, as you had said during the week, that he just completely outclassed this field? I was totally flattered that Ribchester is now yak. And if I ever met that Richard Fahey, I'd tell it to his face. He's a yak. That money yak. It wouldn't beat eggs. Blocked on the tweet machine. This <laughs> <laughs> sensational stuff. Speaks to his face and then blasts sore. Do you know what it reminded me a little bit of? Uh, um, Hawkwing? A little bit of Rakti. Oh, good shout. Oh, yeah. yeah, do you remember Rakti? Lovable lunatic. He used yeah. to pull like crazy, especially over a mile and a quarter. Pull really hard. And Ripchester was never a lunatic like him, but he, he's quite a free-going horse. Hmm. And in the lockage, they just decided, I can't recall if it was the plan or it just happened, but they just decided to let him go. And he made the run and put up a really impressive performance. There was a little bit of that here. But the thing is, it's, it's, it, it's something that you'll only probably get away with once. Because mm. like we were talking about with Richard there, if he runs in the Queen Anne, which he, I assume he will, even if they really, really, really wanted to make the running with him again, there's probably going to be a good Alphan pacemaker, a Ballydoyle pacemaker, and they won't make it easy for him. Uh, well, so, the dolphin will make it easy for him because he's their horse. Um, obviously. <laughs> um, Jesus. Ladies and gentlemen, Kevin Blake. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're going to sit out there and we're going to make it real tough on our own horse. Hey. We're going to put it up to hey. Listen, you choke, but that's, this, this, one man doesn't know what the other man's doing with the dolphin. That has happened before. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so I can't imagine they'll set out to make the running next time and I, I don't mind that you know I think I, I still think what I thought all along really that a real strong pace in front of him where he can get a little bit of cover and be delivered a little bit late will probably show him the best effect so um, it wouldn't be a downer at all uh, going forward and I just thought he was very good wasn't he you know I didn't I didn't think it would especially suit him but to be fair to him he did settle quite well 
and he put up a great performance uh, a couple of his main rivals fluffed their lines a little bit I think it's fair to say um, but that take nothing away from Ribchester he beat them all very well and best older miler around isn't he yeah would you agree with that Rory is he just the best older miler at this stage um, yeah yeah I think that's, that's a, uh, a fair thing to say um, he obviously he and Galileo Gould both needed to prove that they trained on from three to four um, and that's a big question mark for um, for Galileo Gould now um, but Ribchester was very good I don't think he's improved an awful lot you obviously need to improve to stay ahead of the weight for age scale and he's done that um, but what he showed was that while last year it looked like he needed the race run to suit him he needed a strongly run race he needed a bit of cover um, and he could be a bit free here he didn't have things the way they would have set it up for him last year and he was absolutely fine with it yes he was a little bit free in front but he wasn't a lunatic um, and he was very good when asked to do it so he's just become more the complete horse um, we often talk about ratings for the, the top horses and it's not just a case of getting a bigger number it's a case of being more rounded in what you can do being three dimensional rather than two dimensional and that's what he did and Richard talked about that retraining him and trying to get him to settle I say retraining that's not really the phrase but just this idea of the fact that he's so keen and that that was very effective for him over seven furlongs in the Jersey Stakes but getting him to I remember John Gosden talking about Oasis Dream and and that saying he was basically like a spring coil that when you're training a sprinter you have coil to train spring. To coil spring even dear me we're both doing it uh, <laughs> what's going on it's something in the air uh, we have not been drinking I trust believe me listeners not much not yet anyway uh, but training him like a, a coil spring to burst out of the, the stalls but that when he was going for the Breeders' Cup mile that you then had to almost completely retrain him to relax him and it didn't work for him because you're trying to reinvent the horse so how difficult is it to to get a horse that's as keen as him to start to settle it as he gets older, Kev. Maybe just try, just do everything you can to try and get him to relax. Like, like Richard said, you know, he'd love to get, give him a buzz before at some stage before he retires to, to see how much how much pace is there. But basically, he's not doing that. He's not asking him. He's not giving him the real sharp bits of work at home that you would with a with a sprinter to try and fire all that fast twitching and really put the emphasis on it. He'll just be doing much slower work basically, and not. Uh, not putting the gun to his head and asking him to really sprint at home that'd be the main difference I'd imagine Solo's been retired which oh, is such a pity an awful shame because he was brilliant in 2015 absolutely stunning um, but that means it's one less opponent for him to face and we'll talk in more detail about Galileo Gold later but is the Queen Anne just at his mercy in your opinion Kev? Ooh it looks it looks like it at this stage like unless it like it at this stage we don't know what the story is with Alice Springs who would be I a genuine? Be afraid of her? Would you not? No, she's she's very good on her day, but I wouldn't be afraid of her. She's not very consistent, I suppose. When she when she's good, she's very good. Yeah. She shows that big turn of foot, but she doesn't show it every day. Um, I I'd fancy her chances of doing it at Ascot. Now I think that set up would suit her, but I think Ripchester is just better, isn't he? Rory is the Queen Anne at his mercy. Um. Yeah. He he's um. <clears throat> he's very hard to see past in that. Uh, worth bearing in mind, we could have had the same conversation about Hawkwing. A few years oh, ago, God. he he looked up. What did he go? He went off four to seven, eight to fifteen in the in the Queen Anne. Yeah, he was definitely twos on in the week leading up to it. He was meant to be the second coming, but he kept coming second. <laughs> <laughs> James Willoughby, <laughs> come on, James. He's got some great one-liners. In fairness, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, basically he wins at Royal Ascot, doesn't he? There's just a lack yeah. of opposition there for him. Top-class older milers don't just appear out of the woodwork. Yeah, that's the thing. There's nothing really coming from left field and. Um, 
I'm not sure that, although Solo was a tremendous performer, very consistent and kept stepping up to the mark, um, I don't think he was, I don't think history will show him to be one of the great miners. The great thing about Solo was he, he just, he was just always there and very reliable. Um, and we've maybe been missing an absolute star um, in this division for a few years and, and Ribchester is, is um, stepping up to the plate now and the, the Queen Anne will be the real the real test for him. You can knock you can knock the form of the lock in a wee bit, mm. um, given that a couple didn't um, didn't perform. But again, you know, uh, with those who did, it's clearly a very very smart performance. But you know, you got to do it at Royal Ascot. Newbury Newbury's always deemed to be a bit of a um, uh, a bit of a rehearsal. Uh, look now, Rory. To be fair, I think anybody, any reasonable judge that watched the lock in would see that Galileo Gold was clearly hating the straight track and, oh the, so- and the soft ground. Oh my god! And we- that and that in different circumstances he clearly would have smashed smashed Ribchester we need to talk about Galileo Gold because longtime friend of the show Tony Coleman was tweeting about this on Saturday and he was making the point that here is the excuse that is being now brought about for Galileo Gold oh he doesn't like the straight mile the horse won a guineas he won the Newmarket 2000 guineas. What are you talking about? Why has he suddenly got a problem with a straight mile? I don't like, think it's that just... he has a problem. I think he, he's ma- he's saying that maybe he would be better suited to a turning mile. Oh, but Jay, I, I can see that. He, the, he, he, he yeah, struggles he's not... to get him settled. The suggestion there from Hugo Palmer, to be, to be fair to him, wasn't like, oh, he's never, he's never been a straight mile horse. Galileo Gould is a problem. And the question when you've got a horse off his talents... Um, with a future as a sire is how do you solve a problem like Galileo Gold and therefore there's no point Hugo Palmer coming out and going it's just no good it's just no good Geld him. <laughs> you know, that's, that's clearly not an option so he's got to find a solution so he's not he hasn't just made a random excuse and said ah, he's, he's, uh, straight mile isn't his thing at the moment um, he's he's too headstrong and if you're going to be that headstrong then a straight mile is going to be much more of a problem than a turning mile because a turning mile gives you the possibility of getting a bit of cover and the possibility of getting settled. If he wasn't as headstrong, and indeed I, I know before the race Hugo was hoping that everything he'd showed him at home was that he was much more relaxed and much more settled in his work, but you can only hope that they do that in a race. Um, and he didn't do it in the race. Um, but you couldn't make plans for that beforehand because you had to go into this thinking, right, we got him right, he's doing everything right at home, his work has been very good, he seems more relaxed. He seems more settled. Hopefully, he'll be like that when we run him in a race. He went basically. He he lost ahead a little bit last year, didn't he? Yeah. Mentally, mentally, he didn't turn up um, for for his last two or three engagements, um, and that was the big issue they had to sort out this season. And um, plan A was get it sorted at home and then run him in the course, and he's brilliant and it's solved. <clears throat> and then when he when you turn when he turns up on the track. And he doesn't relax, and he won't settle for Frankie Dettori, and he basically is just a bit of an SH1T. There he is. Then you've got to go back to the drawing board and say, right, how do we get him back to, to his best? And so you're bound to come up with excuses, because it has to be excuses until you get what you want out of him. And a top trainer has to do that. It's, a, it's a, not a particularly pleasant uh, job to go through, because everyone wants to question you about why your horses get beaten and, and what's going on and um, you know is this it he's, he's just gone hasn't he it, it's um, just, you don't want to hear that no it's just really strange though like ever since he ran that stormer against the Gurkha at Goodwood 
Good old final, finally the Gurkha avenging his Ascot feet. Oh my god, peas and carrots everywhere. Um, it's just been a disaster since. Like it just hasn't. Yeah. He has not performed at all, and that's the worrying thing with him, isn't it? That is he a horse who's just decided? Nah, I'd rather follow my dad. Pack a boy off to stud. Thanks very much. I've done oh, my business. What? Pack Hold a on. boy. He's by Galileo. <laughs> <laughs> of that, course look, he is and, sorry and look, yeah, that's what I do I, I drop in the seven furlongs but the fact is by Galileo would just put you off wouldn't yeah, it yeah yeah these Galileos yeah anyway pa- the Paco boy just like follow <laughs> follow dad off the stud and, and, and do that job and sometimes horses get like this kid they're just like nah I've had enough like it, there's either a physical problem or, or he's just gone isn't he yeah, look with these with these free going horses and Paco boys can be a little bit that way mm. uh they go one way or the other and no matter how good a job the trainer does with them sometimes they just go the wrong way and at the moment he's certainly not going the right way and it will take um, the best training performance of Hugo Palmer's career to get him back on track and win your group one um, and I, I wish yeah. him the best but he's he's odds against at this stage I reckon his horses aren't running well either is that right? yeah and it'll be interesting to hear back from, from Hugo two or three of them stop very quickly mm. uh, misses um, either at Newbury or at York during the week well, his, his filly in the new store ran an absolutely huge race um, but a couple of his didn't perform um, and the ground was the ground was bad at times at both York and Newbury but the horses were ex- who ran were expected to handle the ground and, and um, some of them didn't run well so he's running tests to see what the issue is I don't think that's the issue with Galileo Gold I think the issue with Galileo Gold is again as you saw the way he fought Frankie is that he's his mind is just not on the job and as Kevin says his odds against it to get him back but you know every trainer has to have a challenge you know and it, the, the biggest challenge Hugo Palmer has this year is to get Galileo Gold back on track if he can beat Ribchester once this season in a group one then it'll almost be job done mm-hmm. uh, as a really tough task but he can't he can't just bottle it no no if, if this if, if he was doing exactly what he's doing and he was a 75 rated horse you know what the answer is you just geld him you geld him and you stick a hood on him or something like that. But when you've got a potential stallion, that's clearly not an option. Yeah. You've got to find every way of trying to get his mind on the job so that he performs on the race course. Um, and it, you can make snide uh, digs about it, as, as plenty of people have done, because no one wants to hear excuses all the time. But when, when you have that challenge, you need to ask yourself the question, how can I fix it? And you're always going to find reasons why it might have gone wrong and reasons why you can possibly fix it. So this talk about the straight mile being a potential issue is fair enough. It, it's probably not correct in the end, but it's the only, it's an avenue that, that Hugo has to um, has to look at. And I think if he does run in the Queen Anne, that could finish him. Yeah, I was just going to so say, it's an awful, not gonna settle before that. It's an awful shame that the Queen Anne is over a straight mile because obviously he'd have no chance there. He says tongue in cheek. Um, it'll be fascinating to see if he can get him to bounce back because you know, he was obviously a very high class horse last season and a dual Group One winner. So we'll, we'll see if he can. Again, he's winning son of Galileo. His his place is not as assured. This struggle never worth it. Will it? <laughs> never. It will never ever. <laughs> and people will still rise to it yep. on Twitter. The whole of course time. they will. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe you people. Can't believe you people in the final front of pocket don't know that he's by Packer Boy. <laughs> uh, right, so Ripchester is obviously the the leading star as the older miler uh, this season. We will be very much looking forward to a potential clash with Churchill. We'll talk a little bit more about him later on. Oh, but yeah. in terms of potential stars, we also saw the seasonal debut of Caravaggio, oh. who has not run or had not run up until then uh, since he won his Group 1 in the Phoenix Stakes. He'd had a couple of setbacks as a juvenile 
the Guineas was mentioned, the French Guineas was mentioned, Common Sense prevailed, he's a sprinter, and he absolutely bolted up uh, on his seasonal reappearance. Now, you could argue, well, he's just confirmed Coventry form, but the visual impression of the horse and the comments made in O'Brien afterwards that he's a lot heavier than he was last year, you could not be taking, could not be anything but really impressed with what he did. That's just great to see him back, isn't it? Because he would have been... If he'd come out and disappointed, I don't think loads of people would have been surprised. Because when a horse like him that, that's so fast, so precocious, um, American bred, you know, Air Force Blue was only last year. We saw yeah. what happened to him. It One cool have, cat. Wouldn't have been a shocking surprise, but he's come out and looked as good as ever. Uh, he, he's a beast of a horse, isn't he? He's just mm. travelled, quickened, quickened in, in such good style. Never even touched. No hands and heels, just a lovely performance. You'd have you'd have to love it now. Really, you know, I, you love a young sprinter coming through. Yeah, and I, I love what they've done with the program book in in creating these races, these these good races, and, and a proper program for three year old sprinters. I love it. Some people will knock it. I absolutely love it. I think it was the the right thing to do. They have races like this at Nace, the Lacken. They have other races that were, that act essentially as trials for what the the Commonwealth Cup, mm. which is a brilliant race. And it's going to be fantastic again this year. Caravaggio, if if Lady Aurelia turns up, that'll be one of the clashes of the week. Uh, and Blue Point as well in the mix as well. Hmm. You know, proper race. Like this is because we're we're talking about um, obviously the the excitement of Royal Ascot. And we've already talked to Richard about the Queen Anne, and we've mentioned it ourselves. But when you start thinking about the sprinting program, you've got Acapulco, who I know you're a little bit lukewarm on, but she's going to be fascinating now. Transfer to Aiden and in full to. Galileo, Lady Aurelia could take her on, or as Candace has said, could go for the Commonwealth Cup. And if she do, if she does, and you have that memory of what she did in the Queen Mary last season, taking on the brilliant Coventry winner, both Royal Ascot winners, both handled the track, both should be fine over the trip. It's just it's just super exciting. It really is, and th- this horse is important now. Mm. He's very important. We, you, we won't we won't get bogged down in the bloodstock side. Of no, but you again. have made the the point about his value to Coolmore and his importance going forward. Yeah, because Scat Daddy was a big sire for them in America. Son of Johannesburg, he was standing at uh, at Coolmore in America, and he was just really getting rolling. He was up to a hundred grand of a, of a of a fee, covering fee, and he died. Uh, uh, he was a young horse, only mm. only ten or eleven, I think he was. Um, so to have a son of his and he of course to the sire of Lady, Lady Aurelia as well he was well. a Florida Derby winner was he he was sent a favour for the Kentucky Derby something like that for top ledger I was I, yeah. he was a good horse anyway yeah I don't think he ever stretched the 10 but he, he, he won over a mile or a mile mm-hmm. one but he was a very important stallion for them and now that they've got a son of his that not only was a, a group one winner two year old you know he looks like he's going to be the real deal as, as a three year old uh, very important for them and just it just as a racing fan leaving all that aside it's just great to see a real ex- exciting sprinter like him and you know people will get cynical about Aidan O'Brien's comments afterwards but we've talked about this before you know when I was in with Aidan you know before this time last year this horse had only won a maiden he was saying very eye-catching things about him then you know I think I think the quote was he finds it very easy to go very fast you know which is which was very effusive about him considering he'd only won a maiden you know so this isn't just spin that's appeared overnight because he's, a, he's now a stallion prospect um, he was showing them, them he was showing that to them all along 
and uh, it, was, it was just great to see him back now because we would have all ha- had our concerns about him trading on and mm. you know building up what he did last year and this, this was just a lovely start back and you, you know with Aidens they're likely to improve from their first run back and uh, yeah we could we could see something special from him, from him and Ascot now Caravaggio is one of the fastest horses I've ever seen we worked him over seven furlongs and the petrol gauge never shifted but we decided not to risk his brilliance over sprint distances by extending him out to a mile and we didn't need to he should improve a lot for this as he was much bigger than when starting off last season Aidan O'Brien Rory how good could Caravaggio be? Um he could be very good as as um, Kevin was saying it, it was easy enough to be cynical before the race and um, the fact that he was found a, a very well the weakest possible race essentially to run in made you wonder whether the signs were there but um, uh, he was he was very good in the end I just wondered halfway through when Ryan asked him to quicken would there be anything there because he had a little bit of ground to make up but you were wondering for about half a second weren't you mm. um that's definitely a step up in what he did last year. The time was exceptional as well. So there's no, there's no um, hint of him, him, you know, just picking up a soft race. Uh, it was well run. He's won it very easily. Yes, um, you've got that um, line through psychedelic funk to the, the Coventry last year, but um, this wasn't just a repetition of that. It was a step up, um, and it's great. Again, as Kevin says, the, you know, the Commonwealth Cup wasn't there a few years ago, and it's a tremendous stepping stone for a horse like him because I don't think. I think stepping down to five for the King Stand, and he's in that race anyway, was the option that three-year-olds had a few years ago if they were going to be very good sprinters. And that can sometimes be a little bit too much too soon, especially if you've got a, a real six-furlong horse in your hands. Um, and it just gives them that little bit more time to race against their own age group uh, and wait for their opportunity to take on the older horses. So, you know, he's, he's got the perfect program. Um, and I guess it's Commonwealth Cup and, and then probably July Cup after that, isn't it? Oh, yeah, yes. you, you'd imagine you like up next. Eleven to eight top price now for the Commonwealth Cup. Oh, wouldn't he be? Fun? Wouldn't he be a fun horse to watch in the Nunthorpe? Odds on with a couple of firms. Oof. The Coolmore Nunthorpe. Ooh, dropping back to five. That'd be a lot of fun. The owners do like to win their own race. That would be a lot of fun. Do you think he'd have the pace for it? I think he would. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So as Rory says, Commonwealth next, then July Cup. Like he's a little bit like Ripchester, isn't he? His program's kind of automatically yeah. mapped up because, because that yeah. was that was the problem That it was the first half of the season that was the real problem for a three year old sprinter you know so many of them tried the mile for the sake of it because they couldn't they do were a whole lot to. else um, and then it, it, now now we've got the graduation process there's these ra- uh, two or three races there of a program for them to take on their own age group and then if they prove up to it they can step in against the big boys in the second half of the season so it's just set up lovely now I think it's the best thing that's happened to the programme in many a year Shouldn't we all just be backing him at 7-2 for the July Cup as our investing in the bonds <sighs> Stop we'll find you a better 7-2 shot tomorrow Good man Blake no <laughs> pressure Can you find a better 2-1 shot than Alpha Centuri for the Albany She Ooh. looks like a superstar We've talked about her on the podcast before Somebody was saying to me that she's almost as heavy as some of the chasers that Jessica Harrington has in the yard. And we've talked before about these Nyarko sources and how beautifully bred they are. Like, she is a basically bred in the purple. She's just a stunning looking horse with a fantastic page, as they like to say. And it looks as though she's got a hugely exciting future. Yeah, she's just a. She's one of those unusual ones, isn't she? She's from the family of King Mambo. And I'm looking at a quote here from Jesse that when she came in. Jesse's, you know, obviously from from the pre-trainer or what have you, she weighed she weighed five thirty kilos. 
So, you know, when she came in, this is pre- presumably, you know, many months ago. She, yeah. weighed, she weighed five thirty kilos. I, I assume she's lighter now, you know, being up to race fitness. But for a point of reference, a relevant point of reference, Churchill right now is about 5.40. And he's oh. a big boy. He's huge. And that's the whole point. Like people say he looks like he could be running in the King George. Yeah, he's Not a the big flat boy. race, the chaser. He's a huge big thing. Yeah. And that was when he was a juvenile. Yeah, well, that, that's right now, yeah. you know, as well. That's that's what he weighs. And this filly weigh, weighs, you know, presumably well over 500 kilos as a two-year-old filly. Yeah. And, you know, big, there, there's a saying kind of a bloodstock circus, big horse, big problem. In that, you know, the, the, these these big schlunks of, of uh, I think I just invented that word, of horses, they often just ha- have loads of problems. Put it on a t-shirt, schlunks. Schlulux Don't even ask me how you Get spell that. Get it on a it, t-shirt. It, it just came out of my mouth. We need a meme of that. Kevin, it, she's a big schlulux <laughs> of a horse. I think you know what I mean. They, they often have lots of problems. But you look at her mechanics and she makes it look very, very easy. Like yeah. she, she, She's got such a long stride and she it's all so mechanically sound. It doesn't look like she's going very fast, but she clearly is going very fast. And, you know, Colin O'Donoghue said as much, you know, you think you, it's almost like she's in slow motion, except she's going rapid, you know? Yeah. And um, there's just lots to like about it. The two days, the two days were very good. You know, Nace was an improvement again. Yep. She probably learned a lot more at Nace because the, she didn't, she wa- wasn't away on terms. She missed the kick a little bit. And she, you know, you, if I'm being picky, I'd like to have seen her get get in amongst horses a little bit more, having the quick and true horses, just because Roy Lascott is a real test for a two-year-old in terms of their how streetwise they are. And... Aidan O'Brien's two-year-olds for a long time suffered a little bit in that they they were often the best horses in the race but they often got beat because they just didn't know enough and Aidan we know takes quite a steady gradual approach with his two-year-olds and because of that they often struggled a little bit and he's had some very very good horses beaten as, at, mm. uh, as two-year-olds at Royal Ascot and there's been some very good Irish horses full stop because they don't necessarily get the same education the same number of starts as the, the two-year-olds that tend to go to um, the, 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 especially the five furlong races at Ascot uh, that are trained in Great Britain they often have more starts and it, it just you know I always feel that there's a lot more hardened British trained two year olds in opposition there the Irish don't get as many starts into them and uh, being picky I would have liked to have seen her get a little, little bit more education but she's so good now and she you know that she, God she's going to take beat isn't she some would say that she's only confirmed her maiden form but she's Oh, like, she's improved. Like God, actress, she's improved. you were saying, is highly regarded. She's she's very highly regarded. So she's dropped back to five, and she's won her maiden, and then taken on Alpha Centauri again. And Alpha Centauri has made her look like a selling plater. Beating her twice as far as she beat her the first time. Yeah. Um, so the only negative you would have is that in a big field, she might get cut out. Would the other thing be her action? Would she be okay on a really firm surface? I think she'd be fine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Rory, your thoughts on Alpha Centauri and just how exciting this. Horse is for Jessica Harrington going forward. I, I absolutely love her. Um, there's not an awful lot to add to what Kevin said, to be perfectly honest. The fact she's t- had two runs will be will be beneficial. She hasn't had to get really in a battle. Although interestingly, um, the runner-up traded odds on in running. Yeah, I, I, can't, I can't work out when that would have been. That was a mistake, uh, surely. That was a fat finger moment. Well, Tony Calvin was well, talking about that on Twitter. He was saying, "This Calvin is bizarre. Like, how did this happen?" She did trade at twos on for for significant money. Uh, pot noodle man's uh, finger slipped. It's a pot noodle yeah. man got destroyed. But yeah, there wasn't a point where she where she didn't lose. I I think I'm I'm wary of saying she's flawless, but um, the, the things that 
often you get um, two-year-olds who are, who are exceptional early, um, but there are issues with them. Like <clears throat> they need to have very fast ground, and mm. they're you know they really bounce off it, and they're tremendous. But then when the going gets a bit softer, they flounder, or vice versa. They need a bit of dig in the ground. You race them on fast ground early in a group one race, then the the ground finds them out. Um, I don't think well, it was good to firm on her day. You know, it was soft at um, at uh, Nace the other day. I think she'll be fine on anything but just really bad grounds. You know, where a horse can't use its action. She's got a really, really fluent action for me. She doesn't seem to hit the ground that hard for a big filly. And again, that's that's the other sign. We know she's a big filly, but she doesn't look lumbering at all. Yeah. She doesn't look, you know, uh, would she handle this track or that track? She looks like she'd handle anything. Um, and she's just very, very mature. Um, <clears throat> you can ask about how well she will train on from two to three, but that's a hell of a long way away, and I wouldn't yeah. be worrying about that for months yet. Um, I think she's... Uh, I can't see much beating it in the Albany. Uh, and you know the way we go to Royal Ascot every year, and Wes Ward's got got one in the um, in the Queen Mary, and people say, oh, it looks like a four-year-old gelding, doesn't it? Not a two-year-old filly. <laughs> well, we've got one here that fits the bill there as well. Yeah, in Fairyland. Yeah. So she's going to go for the... We talked to Candice uh, a couple of weeks ago. And at the time, the idea seemed to be the fairyland would go for there. But then Happy Like a Fool came out. So Happy Like a Fool is going to go for the Queen Mary. Great name. Uh, it's brilliant. And fairyland will go for the Albany Stakes. So she'll be taking on Alpha Centauri. So that has the potential to be a really cracking race. Because we know what Wesley can do with these horses. Oh, God. What a, what a smash up that'll be. That'll be quality. And especially if Happy Like a Fool wins the Queen Mary, there will just be the automatic pylon job from some onto the American Philly but you're taking on this oh it'll be like Moscow Flyer again lads hey, all in on Jesse <laughs> <laughs> Barry looking around in the Tinkle Creek giving the cheeky look around have a bit of that Ruby and she's by Master Craftsman like you, mm. you don't expect Master Craftsman to have a real he's got a couple of fast horses but you certainly wouldn't expect him to have a, a fast early two year old no not a precocious ju- I know he was a he won the Phoenix Stakes as a juvenile but you still wouldn't expect him to be producing precocious juveniles but he, he certainly is um, she's really exciting and uh, another one, well, we mentioned her before on the show, but she's firmly in the notebook. She's two to one is the top price. Like you, you, the problem is you don't know what the opposition is going to be, and we don't. Like Candace is firmly of the view this fairyland. Like she was asked on Twitter about the horse, and she said before it was announced that she's going to go for the Albany Stakes instead, she wins. Uh, the Queen Mary was her view, so I presume she's thinking the same for, for that. We'll talk to Candace before before Royal Ascot. Um, ah, back Fairyland now at six to one, and then back Alpha on the day. There you go. It's the better. And Kevin Blake's book, it can be done, is still available to purchase and so. <laughs> uh, okay, that's Royal. They're, they are two extremely exciting horses to look forward to uh, for Royal Ascot, and of course Ripchester as well. So there's your patent. That's there's tough. there's the patent. <laughs> um, Irish Guineas this weekend. Oh. So first of all, winter is coming. Uh, we're not going to be getting. <laughs> Seriously, Producer D works on all these <laughs> lovely sound effects, like the Big Mac on that we just had. And then Kevin decides to just add in his own, like, do DIY sound effects that are pathetic. It's just... Pre- all that, and even the the promo that you made for him, announcing the 50 to 1 winner of, of winter. I shouldn't have bothered, really. All that Game of Thrones work. Yeah, no, no, just like Kevin's there with his old basic sound effects. So we'll talk about her first of all, because she's the interesting one. He's never doubled up 
winning the English 1000 guineas and the Irish 1000 guineas but he's got a huge shot of doing it this time around it's only been done twice mm. and the the Irish 1000 guineas has been around for just shy of 100 years and the double's only been done twice and name those fillies Evan Kennedy oh I don't know name those is. fillies Rory Delargy oh I don't know offhand Finscale, Bio and I should have known that she got beaten in France as well yep. and attraction oh. of course they're the only two. Oh, if I'd actually thought about that I would have got it um, so you would you would you would have expected it to be done more than that. Yeah, is there a reason for this? Because plenty have tried. Like Virginia Waters, I remember bolting up in Newmarket yeah, and then getting beaten. Yeah, a lot of them have run bad. Um, I don't know why. Is the quick answer? There's no reason why. The, like the the two thousand guineas double has been done a heap. Oh yeah, yeah, loads. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Anyway, so she's gone from being fifty to one, put up by you on this very show, and we also not only do we have the singles. I, I, let's let's let Kevin bask in the glo- stop it. Just stop the sound effects. <laughs> we'll let you bask in your glory once again. You genuinely put the horse up at fifty to one. <laughs> He's waving an imaginary trophy. In the back. <laughs> He's like Michael Tabor up in the winner. You should have been allowed on the winners' podium actually, as Tabor and Smith are getting the trophy. You should have been. And to Kevin Blake, who put her up at fifties. Uh, and of course you stuck with her the whole three Don't tell I'll probably end up in a ditch somewhere <laughs> Took his market <laughs> so, so, you put, so We love you Michael um, Get him on the show uh, use, use, your, use your considerable context To get him on, on the Final Final Podcast That'll be fun Jesus. Uh, That'd be great fun He's a great interview He is actually isn't he? He's, he, he, like, he just tells it like it is as well Which I quite like Um so there'll be no 52 on this time she's odds on across the board for the race there's not a hint of even money as of yet but you were making the point to me off air that this is quite a there's a lot of unexposed fillies in this race so this might not be as simple as it looks but she was so good at Newmarket and she ran such a good race on her season reappearance that you you would expect her to get the job done here but there's there's dangers lurking there, there's there's blood in the water and the sharks are coming <laughs> yeah look I thought she was the best filly at Newmarket. I know I'm clearly biased, but I thought she was the best filly. I thought she was in front too soon. I thought she could have got more cover. That race could definitely have went more smoothly for her. And she still won by two lengths. Look, mm. we know Rhododendron should have been closer. Yeah. It probably, sh- on all things being equal, it probably would have been a close run thing. But I think Winter was the best filly on the day. If they met again at 10 furlongs, Rhododendron wins. But not a mile. If they had a rematch, Rhododendron would presumably be favourite. And I'd be with Winter. Um. There, there are some nice fillies here Rahanna was just behind Winter first time out she's come out and bolted up since mm. um, lots to like about her you'd expect Mick, McAlford uh, Manny King trained by McAlford to improve run to run Hydrangea can't uh, <laughs> <laughs> I got it that time <laughs> she can't be as bad as she showed at, um, at Newmarket whatever. I don't know what the problem was maybe it was the track but uh, I don't think so I, I don't know is the quick answer but she's surely better now Banfassa I wouldn't really have on my, on my mind that was a, a poor enough race she, she won last time noticing um, a drift on the at the races page for her as well she's walking out in the market yeah now. unsurprising there's a, just a few sn- interesting sneaky ones go on um, Anine is yeah. going to go off half that price isn't she you she's would, 16 to 1 yeah you would imagine that there'll be support for her I am surprised it hasn't come already uh-huh. she was a bit of a talking filly last year I know the Prendergast team are mad about her I know that it wasn't the plan to come straight here all along they never intended to run anywhere else um, there was huge talk about her going into the, the real good maiden on Irish Champions weekend at Leopardstown and she got her horrendous run in the day got no luck finished fourth 
and came out of the car and bolted up like a really nice filly I thought um, and yeah they, they, Kevin who knows the time of day as we know he's 84 years of age he'd want to know it by now mm. <laughs> uh, he, he really likes her he really likes her this has been the target there's never been any notion of going for a trial it was always the case of coming straight here and I'm just surprised the money hasn't come because she would be um, a danger to winter and she's definitely overpriced is the market just very top heavy for winter because she's trained by Aidan O'Brien oh, she's been there and done it yeah he's got Churchill running he's got Minding running and maybe they're just thinking oh there's going to be an awful lot of trebles done here yeah 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 I'm sure there will be but if you wanted look I, I think winter is going to win but if you wanted an each way alternative Annie Ian is the one because I, I'd be shocked if she doesn't shorten alright Rory your thoughts on the 1000 guineas at, at the current Sunday yeah um, I, I hate to be really dull but um, my um, overwhelming impression of watching the, the guineas at Newmarket was that uh, Winter absolutely tanked through it um, it wasn't just a case of, of being on the right side of her and, and getting the right result in the day um, and I didn't want to blow smoke up um, Kevin's backside but do it um, do it was, smoke is always well she was, she was really impressive she just tanked through the race like she was the best filly there um, and as Kevin said it wasn't that she had the run of the race um, she was she was trapped out wide she saw plenty of daylight um, but the way she moved into it um, there was no other result um, for me from about three furlongs out so I, I wouldn't want to be against her um, for all um, we don't have a, a huge number who've done the double um, and uh, it's interesting again what Kevin says about a name what price is a name by the way 16s mm. it's a big yeah, price I, I, I think you're, you're probably spot on there She's, she is going to shorten up I, I, I don't think many people on this side of the pond know an awful lot about a name but once you see her on the race card and you go ah, who's this um, saying oh, that's, oh she's a half sister to Otad right Okay, I remember that last year. Mm. Might be all. Yeah, people will catch on to it. I don't think they have here as yet because the Irish Thousand Guineas isn't really a betting race here, mm. so no one's dug into it. But once you see the final decks and you start looking at it, people will be looking for each way value because winter's going to be reasonably short on the day, isn't she? Oh yeah. Oh, well, I would think so. Yeah, I would think so. Um, I'm in no rush to be against her because I thought she was actually better than the result in Newmarket. Mm. Uh, there's a couple in, in the in the Guineas who didn't give their running. Um, Hydrangea been one of them intricately being the other one or Hydrangea and intricately <laughs> maybe because they, they heard their names wrong I thought that can't be us can it <laughs> um, but yeah the pair of them run, run a very similar race stop very quickly having, having raced uh, towards the front and um, they're both better than that so they could bounce back but um, I think even if they did I, I just think Winter stepped forward and set a um, a higher benchmark than the Phillies who were running well in, in, in the, the big group one races last year did so she's um, she's obvious but for all the right reasons alright she's obvious we think Winter's going to win we're telling you that Anine is clearly uh, the, the big danger if you want to go for something at a bigger price if she's obvious then Churchill is blindingly obvious on Saturday this is the right decision to go down the mile route uh, to stick with this the Derby would not have suited him that was your view all along Kevin I firmly agree with you he'll be given the chance to confirm uh, to well to get a classic double here in, in the Irish 2000 guineas and this it has to be said is just a weaker race than Newmarket so assuming he is okay he should win God yeah you'd be oh, crying in the streets if he didn't win 
Well, if you take the wheelbarrow full of cash down, you definitely will be. Yeah. Well, look, he'll be trees on. He'll be two to seven. He'll be something like that. And uh, God, he really should win. Yeah, to be fair to him. Uh, on his way to Royal Ascot to, for a rematch with Barney Roy. Hmm. Uh, Thunder Snow is going to run. And they were making well, a big... <laughs> yeah. They were making... The... Say again? There's running and there's running with Thunder Snow. <laughs> Yeah. Running, running and jumping. Assuming he decides to actually take part, then then he'll be he'll be going. They were making the point today. I, I don't know whether this is for the Bloodstock program, and maybe that's unfair to say, but we'll never know what could have happened in the Kentucky Derby. Was the the comment that came out of the yard today? Who knows what could have happened? Well, who who knows? We never will know. It's a statement of fact. Yeah, fair enough. You you might as well <laughs> say it. But he's he's going to take him on. Um, Lancaster Bomber ran a fine race at Newmarket, but Irish correspondent is the one that most will talk about. But this has really been pitched into the deep end now um, it is I, I really like the horse I really really like the horse I've, re- I've liked him both days he's kind of rushing to get here mm. it, it'll have been less than a fortnight since his last run a second run of his life I think he I strongly suspect he'll be up to group one level it may be a 10 furlongs rather than a mile uh, but I think he's a super horse I'd love to see him run well um, just really likeable just the type of horse I like, so I'd be. I'm. Ho- I'll be there giving him a cheer, hoping he runs well. But finishing second to Churchill would be a storm and run. Rory, they're going for the classic double, but not the one that some people wanted. We always thought that it would be the Irish Two Thousand Guineas next for him. It is. Will Churchill justify his favoritism and confirm his superiority over this lot? Uh, yes. The the notion that it's somehow a cop out not to run him in the Derby, I, I I can't really have that. It's not like. It's not like they don't have a Derby horse anyway. Yeah, got seven of them. And, yeah, um, and he's he's got so much speed, so much speed. Um, so I, you know, I, I'd be more than happy to see him here rather than just not staying at Epsom. Just makes more sense, doesn't it? Yeah, oh, yeah absolutely, absolutely. Take, we'll get we'll get her big clashes down the line. Take the evens for the St James's Palace Stakes. It'll be gone after Saturday. After he, you won't, I, I he won't know. bolt up. He won't bolt up. Won't he? He'll just he'll just get he'll it done. Bolt up. Yeah. yeah, he'll just get it done. Yeah, and I tell you, he'll go to Ascot hopefully, and um, there'll be plenty of people back in Barney Roy about you. Yeah, well, we've already had lots of tweets about Barney Roy. Yeah, I think plenty of people. That'll be a close enough market. Not not super close, but closer no. than you might think. I can see what you're saying. I know what you're what you're getting at, but he'll thrash him again. He will, he'll yeah. beat him again. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, if you there were if you wanted one at a slightly bigger price in the guineas, go on. If we do get the eight, which we might, Lang- um, Glastonbury Song Ooh. is a nice horse. Interesting. Thirty-three to one, totally unexposed, held in the highest regard. Impressive last time we done dock. Um, step up required, obviously. But uh, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he runs well. What's that? Uh, Temple Stakes briefly because this is going to be an important race Quiet Reflection heads the betting Washington DC and Acapulco are in the betting for Coolmore you're not far away from Bally Doyle you're well connected do you know who Aiden's going to run at the weekend? not a foggy clue <laughs> not a foggy clue would you think Acapulco will just go straight to Alaska or could she take this in? because she'd be interesting if she did um, if I recall if I'm recalling correctly, I'm sure Aiden said that he'd like to get two runs into her before Ascot. Okay. Um, it's obviously a bit of a squeeze time-wise. Hmm. But at the end of the day, she's only going to have a couple of more runs in her life. Yeah. So why would you spare her if you t- if she was in good form? That's a good race to 
try and win get on the CV as well yeah uh, she, she might get beaten if she goes there you know I'm, I'm, I'm down in Acapulco yeah you're not a big fan of this horse at all <laughs> no, it's not that I'm a bit, I think she's a bit overrated she varies in price too odds compilers are very confused 3 to 1 with some firms as big as 7 to 1 yeah, elsewhere I see that I see that yeah I, I just think she's a bit overrated to, to be brutally honest I, I let her go prove me wrong because she's going to be underpriced wherever she goes I'd imagine mm. she's just that type She'll be taking on if she does run this weekend. It looks as though she'll be taking on another top filly, in quite reflection. Who is a real stable star for Carlbrook? Vibes haven't been great there this season. Have no. no. Why is that? Been, I think she worked very bad in a, in a race course gallop. Hmm. Well, she's certainly I disappointed. Think, I think there has to be a chance she hasn't trained on. Mm. Really? From, from, yeah. The, the, just the way the way I'm reading the vibes from the yard, she hasn't been sparkling the way they would like. That'd be a terrible uh, shame. She was really top class last season. I mean, I'd lo- love to see her being as good, but you know, she was she was a proper three-year-old last year, and it may just be that she's not developed from three to four. Yeah. Which, you know, and even if she is, you know, she still shows her ability. She's going to be she'd be very very vulnerable unless she's taking a step forward. And there's talk of her not running at the weekend. Yeah, if it's I think that they're is that they don't want really quick ground for the first start yeah. back. Yeah. Mm. And it looks like we're having glorious weather here in Ireland. Oh, and it's heat wave, Jesus! It was some day. Unbelievable, and the it seems D got sunburned. Did you? I'm going to be honest you don't I'm not being funny but you don't look sunburned yeah look, look at her arms oh, oh is that why you're wearing sleeves yeah. on a really hot day that's why you're wearing sleeves alright that, that explains it we'll get the GoPro go, what we'll get the GoPro camera Joe Rogan style into the Final Fallen Podcast studio at some stage and we'll do those like mini YouTube clips that they do <laughs> and um, and we'll show then producer D with the sleeves on her sunburned um, you didn't manage to get sunburned. I still have that audio that was not allowed to be played. There's a brilliant story, folks, and someday, maybe at the final furlong Christmas party, we'll release it. And it is amazing. It's gold audio. Uh, Minding will have her second start of the season in the Tattersalls Gold Cup. This has been a real, <laughs> real brilliant race for Aidan O'Brien over the years. He has farmed this for Coolmore, and surely... As long as she gets a clear run, she will just bolt up. Yeah, not much to talk about here, I don't think. Wins, uh, and then on to the Prince of Wales. Yeah, there's, there's nothing there to beat an on far minding. Yeah, Rory, minding, just a nice day out. Yeah, the, the worry with the top-class horse in Saddersall's Gold Cup historically is that they get undone by it coming too early for them. But she's already um, turned out turned up and shown she was as good as ever at Nice, so... She's got the um, she's got the prep run already. Um, this should be very straightforward for her. Yep, she wins basically. It's a great weekend of the car. Can't wait. Working Saturday, sun- Saturday and Sunday with Gary. Proper weekend. Yeah. Uh, not many will be able to go, unfortunately. Nobody but- will get turned away. I don't think they're going to be sold out on Saturday or Sunday. Okay. Well, it doesn't matter anyway because you can watch it all live on At The Races. Absolutely. Uh, and uh, Kevin and Gary will be bringing you all the info. I'll be watching it on Sunday. We're doing a big huge broadcast on the radio station and there's a big celebration afterwards sure and um, gravy <laughs> so basically Sunday's show is going to be extremely with with a very sore head basically um, drunk as a monkey yeah and it's the it's my birthday and a colleague of mine Ken Tobin's birthday as well this week so sure we'll all be getting absolutely tanked up so essentially what I'm saying is I'll be watching you hungover on Sunday uh, and, and looking forward to that because it is it's a fantastic weekend's racing so if you can make it brilliant but if not it's all live on At The Races um, a few big stories to talk about the first one William Buick has described his five day ban as harsh and he's going to appeal this this rules him out of the 
Investec Derby meeting. Was it harsh, Rory? Uh, I'll um, I'll hold my hands up and say I haven't actually reviewed it. I, I, I've heard it was, um, but I haven't actually looked back at the uh, the racing question. So I'm going to uh, plead the fifth on this one. God, I'd be surprised if he doesn't get it. Re- if it gets a reduced to four days, he can basically defer. By my understanding. Okay. Uh, I'd be gotta be pretty surprised if it didn't because it did see it did look harsh to me. It deserves something, but was it five days he got? Yeah. Harsh. Harsh. So you think that'll be overturned and he will get to take part? I'd be surprised if he did, but I've been surprised many times before. All right. Um, the most sensitive story to come out of recent times is the Huey Morrison inquiry. And Ollie Bell was interviewing him on ITV, which must have been very, very difficult. And I thought Ollie handled it really well because you're interviewing somebody who is a huge name in racing. He's generally regarded as an absolute gentleman. He's a, clearly an extremely talented trainer. And he's in this extremely sensitive and very difficult situation and when you're then interviewing him one on one it's quite difficult to and to be fair he did ask him directly Ollie um, about what's involved here and that's not easy to do Um, he is claiming innocence pleading innocence uh, says that he's reported himself to the police and that he's going to leave no stone unturned and is investigating it himself but the BHA have got extremely strict rules on this and it's a huge story Sky News were covering it we were watching Kevin's from Tipperary so he won't appreciate this at all but his team Tipperary uh, were beaten surprisingly by Cork over the weekend and we had to watch that for the for the radio show and, and cover it but I noticed on Sky News that they were covering the story as well um, this isn't great for racing when this is being publicised and it's a terrible time for Huey Morrison how do you read the situation? To give it a bit of context there are lots of um, failed drug tests which are um, allowable medication which shouldn't be in um, which shouldn't show up on a, on a dope test on the day of a race but would be allowable outside of competition so you know there are lots of horses who are taking medication for various things uh, and that's most dope tests that has have horses disqualified um, fall under that category this is a different kettle of fish altogether this is an anabolic steroid this isn't even, you know, um, steroids that could be used beneficially for the horse. This can only be um, doping for the sake of cheating, um, which is a very dangerous thing to say in this case. But I think Huey Morrison is very w- well aware of this as well. Mm. Um, this is this is Mahmoud Al Zaruni territory, um, and after Mahmoud Al Zaruni, the BHA set down much stricter rules in terms of um, uh, testing for anabolic steroids and what the punishment would be for anyone found guilty. So it's a strict liability thing, which means that even if a trainer is not responsible or it, no one can find out when and where and why and who was involved in administering the dope to the horse in question, the trainer is absolutely responsible. And the rules are very strict. There's no there's no chance of a 500 pound fine here. Um, so the bottom line is, um, one of Huey's horses has been doped. No one disputes that. Um, but what we know about it is it was a very moderate filly who's since been retired. Um, she was used as a, uh, a schoolmistress, if you like, for the stables apprentices. Um, she couldn't run fast enough to keep warm. Uh, and there was no, there's no suggestion that he was trying to make her run faster. Hmm. Indeed, race in question where she tested positive, she finished last. Yeah. She then 
down the field in her next start and she was retired. There was absolutely no question Huey Morrison was trying to win races with this filly uh, and using using um, underhand methods. Uh, she was just having a few runs, not expected to win. She was she drifted in the betting for this race. Um, she gave her young rider uh, a good spin for half the race and then faded out of it as expected. So although she was doped, it makes absolutely no sense whatsoever that the trainer doped her. And no one believes for a second that he did. Yeah. So the next scenario is that uh, could it have happened accidentally? Is there some kind of contamination? Could she be producing it um, naturally, as has happened in the case, uh, happened in the past in, in some doping cases? And they've pretty much ruled all those things out. They've doped. Uh, the, the, the BHA turned up and um, uh, tested every horse in his yard um, before telling him about the the, um, uh, the test result. Um, so it was a dawn raid. Nothing else tested positive. She didn't test positive again. Um, and the conclusion is that someone with a grudge has deliberately doped one of his horses in order that she would fail the dope test, in order that he would get a ban, which in itself is, is very hard to get your head around um, because horses, not that many horses get, get um, dope tested. You get dope tested if you win, um, but if you're beaten it's very unlikely that you will be tested. There is random testing, and she she uh, was part of a random test when, when she, um, the positive was found. Mm. But if anyone wanted that to happen, they're taking a big chance. Either they, they might get caught with a syringe in their hand and get, a, you know, uh, and get drummed out of the sport themselves or go to jail, um, and then there's a possibility that they could do this, and then she would never be tested anyway, and no one would be any the wiser. So it's... It's in the it's in the territory of Dick Francis. Yeah, I mean, this know, is this, this is Game of Thrones stuff here. I mean, this is this it, is it, it's, it's pure. It's, it's a House pure. of Cards things. It's it's unbelievable. Like one of the points that's been made is that I believe she was she was left unattended for a period of time. I think it was at Southwell because there was another was horse that was acting up, and yeah, he, he had a horse that was injured and, and he needed to go and see it. And the lad who was looking after the the filly also had to go. So there wasn't a, a moment there. Yeah. Well, there was a good time when someone could have done it, but even then, you got to say, well, has someone just decided in that moment, here's an unattended filly, I've got a syringe, let's see what happens, or has someone just been stalking the Morrison yard, waiting for such an opportunity? Because it's hard to imagine, even if someone had that grudge, that they would be in position at that time to do it. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say. I'd say like. Given the way it's panned out, Huey's just been wrecking his head thinking, right, when could this have happened? Look, this could yeah. have happened any time. He could have a member of staff there that has an issue uh, and could have done this at any time, day or night, that had access to the air. That could have happened. You know, it seems very... The, the subtle situation seems unlikely to me. Yeah, my, my gut feeling is that this... Like any case like this, if someone deliberately... Um, put someone in this kind of peril knowingly, it's almost always very close to home. Mm. So we're, we're probably looking, we're possibly looking at a disgruntled employee, a disgruntled ex-employee, um, and something fairly recent as well. So it was done almost in the spur of the moment. Um, but the, the, the tricky thing here is, it's not for us to work out who's, who's responsible. Um, the real issue is that we can't just say, listen, we all know Huey didn't do it. Let's just forget about it and go on with things. They don't have that option no. unless mm-hmm. unless he can actually find or or the police can find or or anybody else who who knows about the story is able to find the motive for this and the person who did it. Then Huey's getting banned. 
And the consequences for this are huge. Like Greg Wood did a, a brilliant piece on this in The Guardian. Um, but he's facing a 10-year ban. Ah, he isn't really, though. That, that's an option for them. They could theoretically do it. But look, I suspect what's going to happen here is I don't think Huey's going to be able to fi- find prove his own innocence, basically, which is what he has to do because yeah. with the zero-tolerance rules, he's essentially guilty until he proves himself innocent. And in itself, that it seems very harsh. Um, it, it's a very heavy burden of responsibility on any licensed trainer that they are responsible for anything that anything that turns up on a horse mm. that shouldn't be there that seems very tough and some people question how fair that is and I can understand that but you try and come up with a better solution and it, it's hard to find one uh, because you know I, I look uh, trainers lose sleep at night over things like this more, much more innocent things than this you know a uh, 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 a member of stable staff come in with a hangover and give him butte to the wrong horse to, the, to a horse that's going to the races tomorrow you know and it, it subsequently fails a drug test because of that little things innocent, relatively innocent things mistakes that can be made that will lead to a horse failing a drug test and that'll you know have great uh, penalties and reputational damage so on and so forth that sort of thing makes trainers lose sleep all the time mm. and when you get something like this and you know we have no idea what happened here none of us know Huey probably probably doesn't know but in this case the accusations of something malicious having happened someone coming in and deliberately setting out to wreck Huey Morrison's career basically you know that that's the kind of thing that, w- that would just terrify trainers because they're very very vulnerable yeah they're very vulnerable you know whatever about disgruntled employees you know if you were a bit of a nutter you can go and, and pay a couple of quid to get involved in a syndicate with with Huey Morrison will say and justifiably turn up at the yard some morning and say oh Huey I'd like to see my filly and when no one's looking slip into one of the stables and, and give something to a horse yeah. you know the, the the opportunity for this type of thing for someone that wants to do it is ample and it's absolutely frightening you know what's going to happen here I'd imagine and you know it's it's maybe it's unfair to speculate before the case has been heard but I would suggest and speculate that what's likely to happen here is Huey will be found guilty because there's a positive test that's not going to change he'll be found guilty and the BHA will be obliged to give him the minimum uh, which is one year I believe Um, and they'll they'll do it apologising essentially but they have to do it because that's the rules and I'd imagine the license will be a license will be taken out in Dewey's wife's name his his assistant trainer's name I don't know what the setup in that yard is Mm. and uh, things will largely continue on and nobody will hold it against Dewey um, because it is seems to be one of those things and, and I suppose Huey's getting a very easy time of it well, we, sh- we should say that well deservedly so though isn't it because well, well, okay, I don't know Huey Morris and everyone says he, he's a smashing fella and everything else but, but none, if, of it, none of his other horses tested positive and as Roy said this was one of the worst horses in the yard oh yeah it, it doesn't make a jot of sense but, but you know you have to be offer some bit of balance as well Lance mm. Armstrong never failed a drug test he was exceptionally anti-drugs all his career and we know how that turned out um, I'm not for one second suggesting anything like that in this situation but we have to offer a bit of balance if this was a trainer that doesn't have such an exemplary reputation and track record the coverage would be very very different mm. and Huey I think was very savvy in getting ahead of this story and going to I think it was the Telegraph before it was officially announced I think that was a very savvy move Yeah. Um, so we, we just have to offer a little bit of balance I, I I'd agree with what what has largely been said by the majority in that Huey Morrison had absolutely probably nothing to do with this but at the end of the day 
he is responsible for his horse which tested positive for an Andrew loan it's very serious that's the type of thing that the BHA the turf club and pretty much every racing jurisdiction around around the world with maybe one or two exceptions is very <coughs> is, is very keen to absolutely wipe out uh, and look it's on my, my gut instinct says it's exceptionally unfortunate and it's it, it, it's very sad that a, that a man's reputation is going to get put through the ringer here through no great fault of his own yeah. but that's the process that's the process it does have to be said that the integrity of racing is obviously hugely important but that the BHA have they're not messing around here no and they, look they brought in these zero tolerance rules for a reason the Al Rooney case was horrific shocking. for racing a shocking yeah. case and they needed to put in a big enough deterrent to stop this type of thing happening and unfortunately the vibes in this case suggest that it, it, it's someone with malicious intent has set out to, to do in a trainer and it's probably going to work it's pretty frightening uh, that is the Huey Morrison inquiry of course we'll cover it in more detail on the podcast as the information comes out uh, on a brighter note uh, a filly has been mayor I should say has been retired and joining us to speak in detail about this now is Tony Keenan any power Tony you want to you want to talk into oh he's gone He's he's headed off. Um, ah, sure, look it. <laughs> Finally retired. I mean, we kind of knew this since Cheltenham that she wasn't going to run. Um, they had difficulties with training her, and uh, it was a long, drawn-out process. It's a shame she didn't get to to run again. She was never going to run in the flat. It wasn't realistic. But as you said, it was a willy just saying what he was thinking, um, which he does from time to time. But she was a very extremely talented horse she had a huge profile she could have done more had she been allowed running in more champion hurdles but at least she got that great day in the sun yeah I, I loved the mare I loved her from very early on I, I couldn't have thought more of her she was a machine um, and I suppose we're, we're lucky in one way that we got a chance to really see what she could do mm. due to Faheen's injury but God we would have been in different circumstances she might have won three champion hurdles she might have won a champion chase who knows what she could have won mm. Um she was a victim of, of her connections having such an embarrassment of riches and being inclined towards conservative campaigning and um, look it was whatever about Cheltenham Aintree was was a, was spe- was a special stunning. performance that was a stunning performance and it was just great that we got to see that um, but I suppose the fact that we saw it makes us wonder what might have been yeah <laughs> uh, look it's a pity she's she's finished but it is what it is but we can look forward to seeing her progeny on the track with uh, the Camelot fall on the way you can have a chance to buy her if you want Emmett uh, yes she is going to go for sale I don't know if that's the case but based on based the on the speculation is though yeah because look Rich has always sold his, his good national mares and I know Annie Power is not just and he's sold mares with you know grade one form uh, I know Annie Power is different I'm sure she's has great sentimental value to them, but they have said I've I've heard Rich say it before years ago. You know he's got no interest in breeding. Mm. He, he wants them to race, um, so she's likely I would suggest likely to go to the November sale at Fairy House. Yeah, and uh, she'll make a few quid. Her, her her breeder was speculating in the Irish field this week that she might make over a million. I think that's madness. That <laughs> if 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 that gentleman uh, A McCleary is his name, if he wants to have a bet with me about her making that much money, <laughs> I, I will I will take his money. <laughs> Uh, because she is nine at the moment yeah um, that is you know most broodmares they're, they're put in full as four year olds you know she'd five. have to produce an awful lot of really talented she's just a bit late to the party yeah. you know and look she could produce stars but she's just that bit older 
uh, I suspect she wouldn't make the colour of it she'd make uh, maybe two or three hundred grand would be a, a rough guess from me yeah, I'll say 400k so just to <laughs> Rory how much will she make 460 oh, you went higher than me D. Oh, she, she might she might. D, how much will she make 324 very precise <laughs> 324 <laughs> it's an incredibly precise figure if she sells for that that's highly suspicious by the way uh, Graham Wiley you have a breeding operation buy her buy her and then have the Camelot and that'd be lovely to have her out in the field give her a nice golf name and a, yeah. a master's name be pretty cool um, her stable companion Shane Hill, Shane's Hill got the job done on Sunday you were live and at the races you got to mention the name Jacques Ricoeur <laughs> on air that, yeah, <laughs> yeah ah, look this was some training performance wasn't it because yeah. he'd looked uh, he'd looked gone for the season in his mm-hmm. previous two starts and he, he came right back to life um, and look he's always been a, a very good horse without being a great horse and he probably just had to run up to his very good ability to win this but a fine training performance just to get him up to that level again yeah to finally get a big win was nice with him because he's, he's yeah, come so he close. finished his second a lot. Yeah, and he's got a load of money. And on the was it the same day or was it the Saturday? Danny Mullins produced one of the. Now he didn't win the race afterwards, but I don't care. It was one of the most extraordinary performances of horsemanship that you will see, Rory. This was just ridiculous. Yeah, this was on uh, Westerner Lady, who's who's completely lost the plot in terms of jumping fences. Yeah. Uh, and she's closed her eyes and taken off far too far from one and landed on top of it, essentially threw Danny over her head. Now, most of these most of these recoveries you see is um, a jockey goes out, out the side door and manages to haul himself back in again, and, and some of them have been tremendous. He's gone over her head, essentially, and his, I'm not sure his left foot or his, his right foot has, was no more than two inches off the ground. Um, and, of course, his momentum is carrying him forward, uh, how he managed to get back into the saddle, I do not know. Is an absolutely tremendous recovery. But more than that, he's gone and jumped the next fence as well. <laughs> That's Kevin I Blake. I think of many jockeys who. Sorry, that is Kevin Blake deciding to clean his jumper as Rory is talking away. He just decides, ah, I'll just clean this now. Let's give this an old scratch. <laughs> you absolute clown. Was that loud? Yeah, was that loud? <laughs> You're right in front of the microphone, man. <laughs> Sorry, Rory. <laughs> That's all right. <sighs> This was so good, the ATR team uh, did a highlight reel of it on Twitter. I'm not talking about Kevin deciding to clean his shirt and that going up on that'd, the GoPro. That'd be a box office hit. A real, yeah. God <laughs> almighty. For those who want to know, he's wearing a Nike top. And it doesn't even look like there's a speck of dirt on it, but he decided he'd clean it anyway. Oh, unbelievable stuff. You are the worst with OCD. But at Danny Mullins, anyway, this was a, this, it was like a circus trick, wasn't it? You know, when he vaults yeah. off one side of the horse and bounce up and back over the other side. It was insane. <laughs> and they, they put it up, the ATR team put it up on, on Twitter and on Facebook as well. And if you haven't seen it, just scroll back through Twitter and have a look at it. It nah, is. soft on seat. He shouldn't have been, he shouldn't have been in that position, anyway. He's only Irish, show, showing off as well. Are you sure you pulled her up then? <laughs> sure that's no good. Uh, listen, dear won the race for the Supreme Racing Team. There, she's she's back in form now, and she was bought. Was she bought for was was it a grand? Less, I think. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. Fair buy. Fantastic stuff. Well done to the Supreme Racing Club. They've um, they've had a fantastic season. Uh, so that's Danny. Breakfast with the Stars took place today. Rory, were you there on the gravy train? I wasn't. No. no oh. um, I'm not, I might have had an invitation I'm not even sure to be perfectly honest but it was never an option too many invitations to be looking at Rory too many of these invitations I've, I've got to go through all of this posh stuff uh, Big Mac was there good and early tweeting tweeting pictures there of him standing at the trough good man Big Mac that's had the it, way to do it he cleared it out good and early yeah. now, now that Claude has retired somebody's got to go and get all that gravy <laughs> 
Um, so what do we learn from today? Aidan O'Brien, he's talking about basically running everything. As a no, 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 no. He's running six pacemakers for Yucatan. <laughs> That's what he's doing. <laughs> if he wins the derby, I'm going to freak out. He's running six pacemakers for Yucatan. Um, it's a bit like Eric Bana in um, in Star Trek. Fire everything! <laughs> uh, it's just like everything's going to be launched. Um, he's got seven, and he's done this before, and it does look like they will all run. It certainly seems like it. Hey ho! Why not? And why not? Yeah, exactly. Why not? Because Venice Beach is the one that's starting to interest me because he'll stay. And he'll handle the track. I he'll think. handle the track. Um, and he might not be getting the credit he deserves he's not going to be written by Ryan but you could see him sneaking into the frame I could just see him hit finish in second or third yeah, yeah. I see him running on um, I could honestly see Yucatan running a big race oh, yes. if he does it's going to be unbelievable Imagine. I really hope you follow Kevin's advice and are, and are sweating this out with us because if you are man oh man we're in for a big payday if he, even if he places we're still going to do well yeah, but if he I wins mind that place. if he wins it'll be ridiculous um Am I completely wrong to say this is not a great derby? And that Ah, we say that every year. We do, but Cracksman is now Cracksman could come up and bolt up. Yeah, he could, but he didn't win the Dante. He just beat the horse who did. And he's had ten starts. Hey, yeah. In the last fortnight. <laughs> In the <laughs> Dan, Dan Skelton's tra- training him. Yeah. Um like am I completely bonkers here, Rory, and and totally the wrong path to be saying that Cracksman is now a silly price. Um, it seems that way. Uh, maybe, maybe not. I mean, John Gosden knows exactly what he has. The, the one thing that's annoyed me is people tipping Cracksman up on the basis that he's got experience of the track. Yeah. Since when have we ever gone into the Derby going, oh, I've got to stick with the thing that won the uh, the Derby trial here? <laughs> Never. I, well, it's not a negative. It's not a positive though. It's 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 it's, it's, it's just a thing. I don't we, know. I I. Well, decent horses don't historically go for that race. It's only a condition. Yeah, race. that's that was um, my view on it. That that you don't have a potential Group One winner running in that race at the start of the season. That's just not what trainers tend to do. Yeah, he won't lose the race because he ran there. Yeah, but the fact that he the fact that he ran there is is a little um is a little underwhelming if he's the best there is in the race. Mm. I don't um, know. I I, I see I see it as a it removes a variable. You know, we're talking about so many of these horses going into it. Oh, will they handle Epson? We know he handles Epson. And I would have had a doubt about it if he hadn't run in that. If he'd run in the traditional trial and we're, we're talking about him now, I'd say, God, he, he moves very wide in front. I don't know if he'd love Epson, but he's gone yeah, around yeah. there and, and proved that's, himself. That's from, from a punting perspective, you're ticking boxes there, aren't you? Yeah, well, that's no, it, that's, yeah. No, yeah, but um, I don't... I don't see it as beneficial to a horse's chance to have gone there. From a punter's perspective, if you're thinking, I don't want to back a horse that won't handle the track, you can say, well, he does handle the track. I reckon if you've got a horse who could win the derby and you run it four times at Epsom before the derby, which isn't really possible, that would probably be a, a negative to the horse's chances. Mm. I think the notion that the more you run them at a track like that, the more it benefits them isn't true. I think almost, if you've got a horse who might not handle the track, the best thing to do with them if they're good enough is just run them once yeah. on the day. And the very, the top class ones will get away with it in the derby. Whereas if you actually give them a try beforehand, I think the try might stop them winning second time round. I'd, I'd agree with that. So John Gosden was talking at Breakfast at the Start. Was there anything else that came out of Breakfast at the Start today? I mean, we, we had quotes from, from Aiden, we had quotes from, from John Gosden. 
Uh, I think oh, there's I a very... was quite keen to, to hear how Eminence got on. Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. There seems to be a very positive viewpoint on him, and he's now a sea of blue on ATR. Um, uh, yeah, that's I, I'm delighted with that because because I've been with Eminence uh, from before the Guineas. Hmm. Um, but I wouldn't say you know as long as as long as connections are happy with them, that's fine by me. I'm not sure that you you learn an awful lot uh, from these things. It, it's just it's just a big press conference, isn't it? Yeah. It's a big press conference with a with a gallop. Yeah. And it yeah. depends on what you can learn it's from something that. Something a little bit different. It's a bit of color. Yeah. It, it looks good in the paper. It it gives you a bit of it gives you a bit of space. You get a nice picture above the uh, the headline and stuff like that there, but I don't think Derby's have ever been won and lost on uh, Brexit of the Stars. And loads of gravy. And lots of gravy, but you could you Brexit could point it. Yeah, we well, you got to breakfast with the stars. You have to motivate these journalists nowadays. Get the Bollinger out, lads, and let's have a chat with all the leading lads. Fill their bellies. To be fair, poor Moi took part in Breakfast at the Stars, as did Golden Horn. But then again, there was that French horse that uh, Andre Fab brought over a few years ago, and he bombed. Um, whose name escapes me remember. now. Yeah, he ran there as well. So look, it... it you get him it, a V? Was it the Godolphin horse who's won earlier this season? It was last season. Ah, I forget about it. I can't remember. Who? Vardavar. Uh, Something like that. That's not clicking. L- listeners, you know, tweet us because we're too tired. It's getting late, and uh, just just tweet us at Final Frontline Pod and let us know. You idiots! How did you not remember it was this horse? He's won a Group One, I think, this season for Andre Faber. It's not coming to Andre Faber. Andre Faber. Um, yeah, right. So look, we're going to talk about more about the Epsom Derby next week. The Derby. The Derby. Tony Coleman will be on you. Tony, friend of the show, Tony Coleman is going to have. <laughs> Check and then say some <laughs> he's, he's gonna have a proper go at me. He is a one man, a one man campaign. He he's right though. It is <laughs> the Derby, and he's absolutely right. Um, and we should be we should be saying it that way as well. I have something I want to bring up, please. Oh no. Yes. Don't worry, Kevin. It's not about you. <laughs> um, something that we haven't discussed in quite a while: the stable stars. Oh, yeah. <gasps> Oh yeah! You've put, you put, put her up to this. You've put her up to this. So we have to give a name check now to a couple of people. So I have two little mini leagues that I want to chat about. Yes. The most important is, of course, the final furlong. Mm-hmm. So we have our top three at the moment, which I'll I'll give a name check on. So our number three is Dave Robertson. Come on, Dave. And that's Yellow Submarine. He has 2,269 points and is 12th overall. Oh, nice. We have in second place Elaine O'Shea, and that's Elaine's Nags. And there's 2,282 points there, and she's in eighth overall. And in first place in the final furlong league, we have Linny Shea. So we've got Lenz Nags on 2,322 points and he's in fifth place overall. So Nicely done. I'm I'm impressed with that. Very good. Winner of our league is fifth overall. So that's it then, is it? They're all done. We do have another league, which... um, Yes. Now, I'm a bit wary of the name of this league because it's the Celebrity Stairs League or something. I don't know whose idea that was, by the way. I'm not in it, so I don't know why it's called that. Shocking omission, it's, by the way. It's 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 terrible. Seeing as if I was in it, I'd be in second place. <gasps> but anyway, anyway, it's okay. I won't hold a grudge. I won't go through everybody's scores on this because it's a little bit embarrassing, <coughs> given the listeners' scores. Hi, Luke Harvey. <laughs> <laughs> Rory, I'm I'm very disappointed with yours, and Kevin, I won't even talk to you about yours. But. <laughs> 
overall, the defending champ. Sorry, the defending champion, Kevin. You're disappointed with his score, are you? Overall, and you're giving it the big talk at the start of the season. Well, you know what happened. I won last year. I went off during the summer and just got drunk and celebrated and oh, just, yeah. went, just went nuts. Put on a few stone. Oh, just yeah. wasn't ready for the se- for this next season. Who uh, who won the the league? So in first place, drum roll, please. <sighs> we have all aboard the gravy train, Emmett Kennedy. Yes! Yes! On Get in! On bear. Champion! 90 points. Go on! Have a bit of that glass! 39 winners overall. <laughs> and yes, Emmett is doing a victory lap. I retire! Studio. Good day to you all! <laughs> Unbearable. He's gone. <laughs> Better finish the show, to be yeah, fair. Yeah, you might need to now. <laughs> so congratulations, Emmett. Thank you, Dee. And all on your birthday that announcement was made. <sighs> Happy birthday, Emmett. Happy birthday. Did you wait looking well for looking well for forty six? Did you wait specifically? <laughs> hey, people will believe that, you know. The, if people will look at my photo and go, "He's forty eight. Oh, yeah, I get that. Yeah, I'm not surprised at all." Thank you, Dee. Thank you. I can't believe you waited until my birthday to do that. That is, uh, that is an, uh, astonishing. Special treat. Brilliant. So, uh, defending champion, Kevin. The match is back on now for next season. So, we'll be in touch. I need to figure out what the prize is for the mini-league. There is a prize. I can't remember what it is. We'll get that sorted with the ATR team, and we will get that prize to the winner of the mini-league. And it returns next season at the Stable Stars. Really enjoy that. It's a lot of fun. I've been training all summer for it now. Yeah, you're going to be like delving. In. You're going to have to be now because I absolutely destroyed you. I forgot all my transfers. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Excuses, oh, I'll get in excuses. there next year and I'll just annihilate you all. So. Yeah, we producer D's got to be in the mini league next year. That, that's shocking. Five star reviews. Kevin Blake is constantly asking for them. Uh, There's been loads. There have been loads. Mark. M-A-R-C-M-5-3-1 is just the simplest way of putting this. I've spent more time this weekend with the boys from the pod than I have with my friends. Wonderful podcast. I love that review and it's one of many. Thank you so, so much. Right, lads. Podcast app. Search down the bottom. Final Furlong podcast. Click on it. Click on the little Final Furlong podcast icon. Then click on the review icon. Five stars. Write a little short review. Send. Done. 30 seconds unless you're an idiot. Please do that. It'd be nice. Up our side says Gravy Train Great entertainment Even my three year old loves it When there's blood in the water Six stars when Vanessa's on Please hurry up with the national season Forget about this flat nonsense And if you've already given us a five star review Steal an iPhone off your other half Your <laughs> mother, brother, sister, uncle uh, Just steal it off a random Or punch them in the face Take their phone <laughs> no, and, no, no, uh, no. and give us a review no. It's fine No, it's fine. I fully endorse that No you cannot go to the police and say it. But officer Kevin Blake told me. Fine, tell the guy him. I'll, the telly told me. I'll deal with it. No, that does not work. Just do not it. do that. We'll worry about the consequences afterwards. But if you ask your colleagues to give us a first <laughs> review, it would be very much appreciated. The whole point of this is it gets the word out there on iTunes and uh, Apple Podcasts. As they emailed us the other day to say, please refer to us as Apple Podcasts now and not iTunes. Um, so Apple Podcasts take a greater notice of us when we we do that, and we really appreciate it. Um, before we go, you have written a excellent article which I have actually read because you sent me a WhatsApp today not saying happy birthday but saying read my blog exclamation mark <laughs> so I did and it's a fascinating story but if I tried to pronounce this mayor's name I would make an utter fool of myself a bigger fool of myself than I normally do so this story is it's on a par with the horrific story of Shergar but this one has a happy ending and she has ended up having a huge effect on the bloodstock in- industry because most recently you can trace her back to Holy Roman Emperor she's the great 
uh, dam, Grand granddam of uh, Holy Roman Emperor. But she also had an effect on the Grand National with Headhunter as well. So tell us the story of this remarkable American mayor. Fan for Louche. American Te- Canadian. Technically Canadian. Yeah, go and have a read of it because it, a lot of research went into it. It's a story I've been aware of for a long time and I really wanted to put together all the bits and pieces. It just took time because there's a lot of trawling of old newspaper articles and all that to get all the info. But it's it's a really interesting story. She was a top-class race mare. She uh, she disappeared uh, out of the blue into, into thin air. And um, have a read of the article. There, Emmett's kind of throwing the spoiler there. There is a happy ending. Hmm. But it's just a really interesting story. And, uh, yeah, a lot went into it. So it'd be nice if a few people read it. And the FBI you. were involved in this investigation. Oh, yeah. This was huge. Yeah, there was a, a huge reward put up. And she was completely missing for a long time before she turned up from pretty much out of the blue again. And uh, she went on to have uh, an amazing career as a broodmare. Uh, it's, just, it's just an amazing story. One that that isn't all that well known. It happened a few years before Shergar. Mm. But Six years, was it? It isn't a little bit less than that, but it isn't nearly as well known. And it's just a, a super interesting story, I think. Well, it's amazing. It's uh, a remarkable story. And um, she was in full to Secretariat. So yeah. that in itself gives you an idea of how valuable she was. And at the time, Secretariat was the, the big boy. Mm. He was the man. About, that was a different era as well. I think what he might have been confined to 50 or 60 mares at the time. So if you, and this is the sire that everyone wanted to go to it wasn't yeah. long after he won the triple crown and if you had a mayor that could go to secretariat it was gold dust and she safely enfolded the secretariat and poof she's gone stolen out of a field which means that someone had to know her oh yeah they knew her they yeah. went for her uh, it's a mad story it, it truly is and you obviously look up I'm not just saying it because you're my friend but like you've obviously put a huge amount of college, a huge amount of research into this and an awful lot of work into it um, but it, it pays dividends because it is an excellent excellent read and a fascinating story and make sure you read it and get a cup of coffee website. get a cup of coffee green tea glass of water pint whatever it is that floats your boat get on to com or the ATR app and read Kevin Blake's latest article it is a fascinating story uh, final words Roy did I get anything to say? other than Good night and good luck. <laughs> that's, pretty, that's effectively it. We're done. Next yeah. week, we will be previewing Epsom. We'll review the Curra, obviously, but we'll be previewing uh, Epsom as well for the Derby. Tony, I said it right this time. The Oaks and the Coronation Cup as well. Uh, news today, the Seventh Heaven is out for quite a few months, which is an awful shame. That's a pity. She would have had a big chance in that race. Um, I presume Highland Reel will sub in for her. And if he manages to bounce back, he'd be interesting. But there is, of course, the John Gosden horse, Jack Hobbs. Oh, yeah. He'll take beating now, based on what he did in Dubai. If he that was turns super up. super perform. Even though he wouldn't want it rattling fast No, now. he wouldn't. Highland Reel would. He wouldn't. Yes, he wouldn't mind it. Yeah, yeah I'd be a little bit concerned if it was rattling fast for Jack Hobbs. Yeah, that would be too. Well, I don't think he'd run on very quick ground, would he? Yeah, Jack probably Hobbs. right. Yeah. They'd probably pull him, if that's the case. In which case, Highland Reel will be short. There's not a whole lot in that in that race without without Jack Hobbs and without Seventh Heaven. So that's Epsom to talk about next week. Um, Kevin Blake will have been studying in great detail and will have solved the Epsom. Uh, I was, almost did it. The <laughs> Derby puzzle, and he will be putting Yucatan as the best <laughs> as the yep. best bet. Uh, no, he'll he'll give it a proper study, and um, hopefully we'll have the answer for that. We're recording this on Tuesday, and um, last night. Uh, as I was on the air the news broke about Manchester and it took a long time for the news to filter through but it 
is just shocking and there's nothing that Kevin D Rory or I can say that will not sound cliched but our thoughts and prayers are with everybody there it is senseless and it's just an act of pure and utter cowardice but Manchester is a great city and um, Lauren Duca is a very very talented journalist she's a freelance journalist and she tweeted this it was a message that was sent to her it says hi Lauren I've emailed you tweeted you once before because I think you're brilliant you're an inspiration she does some excellent work this message is different though it's a request I live in Manchester and obviously we suffered this tragic attack tonight I don't know how this news is going to be covered in the States and I also don't know if you or any of your colleagues are intending to write about it but if you do I think it's important you know one thing. We in this city have not reacted to this terror attack with vitriol or with fear. We have not reacted in open defiance. Our first reaction was to take to the streets with water, with supplies, to open our homes to those who are stranded, and also, sadly, to guide the families who have lost their children through to the city centre that they don't know. If you choose to write about us, please know that we reacted with kindness, empathy, and love, not with hate. I think that really sums up Manchester's the city and I hope sums up the feeling we'll sign off with Oasis because they're the best and they sum up Manchester as well we're back with the next week stay safe everybody take the time to make some sense of what you want to say and cast your words away upon the waves sail them home with acquiesce on a ship of hope today And as they land upon the shore Tell them not to fear no more Say it loud and sing it proud today And then dance if you want to dance Please brother take a chance You know they're gonna go which way they want to go Have you downloaded the free app The Races app yet? With easy to use race cards and form, expert daily tips, plus video replays and in-app betting, it's the app that no racing fan's phone should be without. Available for free on your iPhone or Android mobile, visit attheracescom forward slash app for more details.